people are wondering, what can you do? Um, start with where you put your attention and, 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 and don't really focus on your passion necessarily. If we're really honest with ourselves, we really kind of have different passions. We have like several passions and sometimes your passions change. The goal is not to follow your passion, it's to follow your effort. This week, I sit down with a longtime hero of mine, Miles Barrio. As some of you know, I'm a photographer, and I've been learning and evolving my photography side business since I was 13 years old. <laughs> In high school, I came across an organization that was just starting out called the Rising Tide Society. Couldn't tell you how I found out about it, but thankful that I did. Rising Tide Society has grown into a global network of community chapters for creative entrepreneurs, like photographers, artists, calligraphers, small business owners, and other solopreneurs. Back when I discovered it though, Rising Tide was literally just starting out. I attended the second gathering ever in one of the first pilot cities of the community in my hometown. I continued following Rising Tide from there, despite being way younger than everybody that was there. And after realizing that Miles was based in Atlanta, a young professional, and also involved in the community, I felt really inspired by him, and you're gonna quickly find out why. Miles isn't just a photographer though, and that's really important. In fact, he's actually right now transitioning out of his very successful career as a wedding and portrait photographer into real estate investing, based out of his own home, to be with his wife and adorable newborn little girl. Thankfully, Miles and I had the chance to connect right when I launched this podcast, and when he said that he'd be interested in telling his story and imparting the wisdom that he's gleaned through the years as a crazy successful creative, I leaped at the chance to meet him, and here's what we dig into. Like always, Miles and I start out with his story, and he gets really real, really raw about his experiences in and right out of college. He walks through attending UGA, why and how he first picked up a camera and leaned in to marketing and branding, how he grew his business and the metaphors on life and work that still drive him today. I also ask Miles about his challenges, his fears, and whether he ever had to overcome mindset shifts as he scaled his business and his answer blew me away. <laughs> I asked about how he had the courage to pivot into a brand new career and essentially walk away from his booming business in photography. Like, what is that pivot like? How he manages his time, or as he puts it, activity management. And the best part, what he thinks sets successful people apart. This episode is for you, the 22-year-old who cannot wrap your head around the fact that your dream life and career could genuinely be attainable. And you have to stick around for the very, very last question, you guys. As we can tell, I really look up to Miles for his career and also because he's so open and inspiring about his relationship with his wife. He drops some relationship advice at the very end of this episode that you probably have never heard before. I know it doesn't necessarily fit into the context of career, but at the same time, it's one of, or if not, the most important part of Miles' life. And I'm so glad that he had the chance to share. Miles, thank you so much for joining me today. Your faith, your persistence, and your genuine disposition on life and work is crazy empowering, and I'm so honored to share your story. 
If you're listening to today's episode, make sure you take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram story, and tag Passages Pod and Miles Berrio so we can thank you for tuning in. As much as I love building these platforms to tell these stories, the best part of this whole thing is you, the community that's booming out of it all. I'm so thankful you're listening in. Here's my conversation with Miles. You're listening to Passages, a podcast for young professionals. Passages are excerpts of novels and bridges from here to there. They're the parts we have to tell and the places we have to move through before we can get to the other side. I'm your host, Chloe, as I navigate my first nine to five and take on the world with crazy big dreams in my back pocket, I'm sitting down with the young and hungry to figure out how to make them happen right alongside you. Tune in each week for stories you can relate to, education you can act on, and empowerment you never saw coming. We're unlocking life and work from the ground up. Ready? <laughs> yeah, so many decisions, right? Um, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of a simple story. Um, just one of the, grew up in a family of just high achievers, really focused on like, you know, whatever you do, you know, my parents would always say, I don't really care. You just better do it. You know, so it's just that idea of really just being focused and driven, you know, while my parents were, you know, pretty driven and um, hardworking, <clears throat> you know, there's kind of those it's like two sides to a coin. You can be really, really hardworking, but you could also be work, working really hard on things that are working you. And um, they didn't really own their life. They kind of, um, you know, the typical route of a nine to five wasn't really home a lot. So they really kind of struggled financially growing up, uh, just came from that kind of background where, you know, sort of lower middle class, struggled financially, wasn't home a lot. So that really was instilled to me that I never wanted to have that experience for my own family. So obviously that turned on this like crazy work ethic um, so when I went to college, I went to UGA, and um, I ended up picking up three jobs. Um, I picked up three jobs in college. It was so tough <laughs> juggling that, um, obviously, if anyone can imagine. Um, but again, I just had to pay for everything. And, you know, that's just, you kind of just make it happen. You know, either make excuses or make it happen. It's like in the midst of making it happen, it just, it wasn't smart. It just didn't make sense. I was totally tired and um, it affected a lot of different things. So I came across sales. I actually ended up getting involved in network marketing. and that's kind of really where my story really starts to turn into an interesting journey because I had never really heard about the idea of the concepts that you would learn in reading books like Rich Dad Poor Dad or Robert Robert Kiyosaki just the concept of like you know working for a paycheck at the end of the day there's only so much time in a day you know so even if you're making you know $75 an hour it's still $75 within that hour and you also still have to work that hour so um, being exposed to sales or just, you know, network marketing in particular, where you could, um, you could grow a team, you could grow a business and you could earn past the amount of hours that were in a day, um, because your team would grow and, you know, it's, it's about products and you're selling products. Um, so I had, no one really taught me that again. I just, you know, came from a traditional home, you know, go to college, get a you know, degree in education, go get a job. But just through a series of events, I was exposed to network marketing and, um, within that company, I ended up being just the youngest um, and the first individual in the South to really sort of open this market. It was huge out in California. At that point, I was about 19 years old, 19, 20 years old. And um, within a matter of like six months, I was traveling all the time. I wasn't in class. Um, I really, really, really got pulled into the personally developed 
um, the personal development um, aspect that I never got anywhere else. So it really drew me in. Like what I was, I would go to class and learn about biology and how when the deer eats the grass and how that affects the other animals that eat the grass and just the like, you know, the ecosystem and all that. And then, you know, I would leave class and then I would have my mentor who's teaching me about understanding influence and, you know, books to read and um, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people or, um, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Four Quadrants, understanding finance, understanding personal, but all, I mean, all this, I'm like, dude, this is insane. Like, I'm not learning this in school. This is crazy. So of course that really drew me into that. Um, so I went all out. Um, I just wasn't in class a lot. I was traveling a ton. I ended up earning about five to 6,000 a month, building a business throughout Europe, here in Georgia, um, Boston, uh, West Coast, just all over. And my life was kind of crazy. I mean, I was driving a 2013 C250 Mercedes Benz at the time and um, wearing Louis Vuitton shoes. I remember the day I bought $757 shoes from Louis Vuitton in the Atlanta Mall and, you know, just traveling. I ended up writing a book as well and just doing a lot of speaking. And, you know, I'm about 21, 22 years old. So I wrote a book and published a book um, called Believing and Believing. And I'm, you know, speaking and I'm traveling and I'm making like, you know, five to $6,000. I mean, living a great life. But again, there's always another level of what you can learn and grow. I learned how to make a lot of money, but no one also, even in that industry, which is kind of ironic, really taught how to keep money. Because it's not really, and that's one thing that I learned later on um, in my business and also just professional career, it's not really about how much money you make, um, but it's also like the amount of money that you're actually keeping, right? I mean, you can make, you know, $100,000 a year. I think a lot of people are, you know, like get really excited, especially as entrepreneurs with this dollar amount of, you know, what we're making, you can make $100,000 a year and then spend $95,000 a year. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, um, uh, there, there's a quote called uh, the rich broke person, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, people that, you know, might have a big, nice house or, you know, a nice car and, you know, anyway, they're struggling financially. So I didn't, I wasn't really taught a lot of financial education. I was just, you know, had a great vehicle and I was taught how to utilize a vehicle and, uh, and to become successful. And that's what I did. Um, but I burned out. Um, I actually found Jesus. Um, throughout this period, there were a lot of, of my mentors that always would point back to, you know, the Lord. Um, what ended up happening is I tried to pivot and a lot of kind of quote unquote becoming your own boss is also building your own brand. So I learned a lot of like marketing and just, um, you know, really creating a brand and connecting with people. A lot of throughout that network marketing experience, I learned a lot of cool things like just creating cool videos and just like, you know, you know, photos and content and marketing, things like that. So it's kind of interesting actually, um, from Athens, moved to Atlanta, and I started working at a gym. I love going to the gym. I'm always about physical health and physical fitness, and uh, I just figured uh, what better way to go to a gym that I really love for free than to work there. <laughs> so I started working at a gym, and uh, you know, again, I still I was exposed to that whole idea of working for yourself. So even though I was working at the gym, that wasn't a you know an, a means to an end. You know, it's really important to understand how to utilize where you are. Um, and understand the value of what you can learn from where you are. And every step matters. You know, Martin Luther King says, you don't need to see the whole staircase to get to the top. You just need to see the first step. Of course, it's all about the mindset. You know, you shouldn't be in a position where you just, you're stuck and you're like, you, you don't really like what you're doing, but you just keep doing it, right? I mean, that's insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. But when you're at your job, this is a great opportunity to understand that you have leverage. You have leverage of income, a, a paycheck coming in, teach, you know, really practicing how to become valuable even at your job, but then also apply the extra time, which we kind of talked about this a little bit about that extra time that you have, um, being able to manage your activity, right? And um, so that's what I ended up doing. I started managing my activity because, 
yeah, we were kind of talking about a lot of times you'll hear time management. And I don't really believe in time management um, because you can't manage time. Time is always constant. You know, one hour will always be 60 minutes. You know, one minute will always be 60 seconds. You can't manage what you can't control. Uh, but what you can control is your own activity. So the goal is to manage what you're doing throughout the day. So, you know, sometimes you're like, man, what, what can I do? Like, what can I do right now? You know, and I always tell people, again, start, start with what you have, what you know, and where you are. And what I had was this paycheck coming in. So at least I had some income. You know, the second thing is, is, you know, I understood marketing and I understood, you know, content creation. So I just started there and I started creating content, even just for myself, like little videos and just putting out things and come to find out, you know, a friend of mine would be, Hey man, you know, really love what you're putting out. Um, you know, I have this, I remember like I was in college, I didn't you know, finish college. You know, my friends were graduating. A lot of, a number of them were like starting startups and companies and stuff like that. Um, so they actually would reach out because they have these startups and they need content creation. You know, they want, you know, a brand and they want to connect. So they see the kind of things I'm doing like, Hey man, Miles, can you kind of work with our team and help with some content creation and marketing and branding? So I started doing really quote unquote marketing consulting, you know, with a few of my friends and with the startups that they had. Um, and then that turned into it, just referrals. You know, you do a great job and, you know, you really put your passion and you know, hard work into it. And I started doing marketing consulting and it got to the point where I was doing marketing consulting and I would create this content, right? Or at least we would consult and be like, okay, this is the type of video. These are the type of photos, you know, that we want to create. And I would go out and hire a photographer or a videographer, right? Because I didn't have a camera. I understood how these how this content affected either their brand or the, or, or the message and how people would receive it and, you know, all these different relational things. So what I ended up doing is hiring out photographers and videographers. Obviously they would pay me to consult and then I would use that and, you know, I would do whatever I would do with that money to, you know, obviously finish the end result. So I started looking at like my bottom line, like, man, you know, I would, I would, you know, be on set with a photographer or videographer and um, I would kind of watch them either do like the video or do the photo. And I'm like, I know I can do this myself. Like, and obviously that was a very naive approach um, because it's not as easy as pressing buttons, but that was my approach. My introduction into photography is it was really just a naive, like, oh my, why am I paying them, you know, a couple hundred bucks with something I, I can freaking press buttons myself. So I, I went, I ended up just um, getting a, a, a T5i Canon, a crop sensor, just cheap Canon camera off of Craigslist. And uh, I just started, I just practiced, you know, I just figured, you know, the best way to learn, just go out there. And I just started you know, calling up friends and just, Hey, you know, like, let's, you know, do a shoot. Let's do a shoot. Of course I would watch tons of videos and things like that. And just like shooting and shooting and shooting. And I think this would be maybe another lesson of like, some people wonder like, you know, maybe how did things start really rolling? And I always talk about, look, at the end of the day, there's so much information out there. You know, a lot of people just spend time, spend all day just learning things and learning things. And I think two things, one, there is a lot of free information out there and you should totally use it. It's almost like, there's no excuse now. I mean, if you want to learn how to do pottery, like at the most high level, I mean, you could watch so many videos on that. I mean, there's literally like nothing you can't find, you know, to learn how to do it. The goal though is not to be a professional student because there's a lot of people that are constantly, they know a lot of information, but they're not actually taking any action. And so you don't want to become a professional student. Um, you want to become an action taker and you'll find that the most successful people, a lot of times they didn't know what they were doing. A lot of times that's what holds people back. They're like, well, you know, you ask them, well, you know, why are you, you know, why are you taking action? Or why are you going, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know this, or I don't know that. But the funny thing is, is anybody who did anything at one point, they never did it. <laughs> so pretty much everyone who's doing anything, they didn't know what they were doing at one point. But the point is they took imperfect action. So imperfect action is better than no action at all. 
right? So you just have to take action. So I just started taking action. I didn't know everything about my camera. I didn't know all these different things. I just started just calling up friends and just take, just, just constantly taking action and taking action. Basically, I, I just started shooting with a lot of friends and I had my first gig within about a month. It was like three or four weeks head into like a month towards the end of the month of me buying that, that camera. And I just kept shooting and shooting and shooting and I posted it as well, actually. So I guess that's also another important distinction is it doesn't matter how great you are. If no one knows who you are, it's really hard to, to, to do anything. But some people are like, you know, I just deleted my Instagram and Facebook and I'm like, never going to get on. I'm like, oh my God, dude. I mean, it's such an incredible platform, you know, to connect with people. I've had some of the most ridiculous experiences and careers and you know connections just through social media there was a modeling agency called albert ivory modeling they're not there today um but at that time they had reached out to me and they kind of funny they actually dm'd me on instagram because i was posting um these photos they were like we would love to have you come in and do test shoots with our models and i didn't even know what this was but i was like oh my gosh it's like people wondering what can you do um start with where you put your attention and and and, and don't really focus on your passion necessarily if we're really honest with ourselves, we really kind of have different passions. We have like several passions and sometimes your passions change. The goal is not to follow your passion, it's to follow your effort. So I had no intentions on being a photographer. I mean, and I absolutely love photography, I'm passionate about all these guys you can hear, but I had nothing to do about following my passion. It was my effort. What ended up happening is I realized that I don't want to keep paying 400, 500, $600 to somebody you know, doing something that I think I can do myself. So I just followed that effort. I started learning how to do it. Then I, you know, kept doing more and more and more to practice, get better and better. And I just followed my effort. But I'm really, maybe a lot of people don't know, that, I'm really passionate about singing. I love playing guitar. I love singing. I'm very passionate about the outdoor. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have a career in it or I'm necessarily going to just follow that because it's my passion. Um, the goal is to follow your effort, that you're going to get really, really good at it. And you're going to get even better than maybe someone who has a talent for something because your effort is there. And we all know that talent can only get you so far. The goal is that, that work ethic and putting in that effort. So I am like leaping out of my seat. I have a thousand thoughts swirling around my head. I like so many things I resonate with. I guess just off of that, off of what you were just talking about, have you ever read the book Grit by Angela Grit. Duckworth? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm listening to it right now oh, based nice. on the recommendation of somebody that I interviewed, Lizzie Brown, who I interviewed a few episodes ago. Oh, nice. And that, I mean, that is the philosophy, right? Because yeah. it's this philosophy or reframing your thinking around like, how do people get to be successful or the names that come to mind? The people, like when you think about any industry, if you think about a field, like what, what names come to mind as the people that have risen in that and it's just story after story and like theory after theory around talent plus effort equals or talent times effort equals skill but then skill times effort equals achievement and so effort counts twice and it blew yeah. my mind and i feel like your story is such a perfect encapsulation of that and i just i i think what you said too is really fascinating about this idea of passion versus effort because what if we've completely just flipped the narrative like you can't find your passion until you put forth the effort like you can't just sit in your room at home and come up without a pin air i mean maybe yes we have epiphanies every now and then right like but but you have to put in the effort 
And as you keep going, it's like you sift through the things that you spend your day doing or the things that you're just gravitating towards. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh my God, I'm so passionate about this. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I just, but thank you for telling your story. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I'm like, I'm starstruck talking to you right now, but I, obviously we're skimming your, your materials, your photography website and everything like that was reading like some blogs you're in, things like that. And I mean, you're, you're really legit. And also you've done things really differently. And I, I have so much respect for that. I mean, your website, you have like an audio kind of playback of, you know, here's who I am. Um, explaining to people and I know you know your photography business there's lots of pivots going on but at the very least like this career up until now you were the official photographer for love is blind which just like makes me like I'm sure you talked to so many people about it but I just here I am again like starstruck yeah. that, that that's a thing but I really want to get to because you and I talked about this I mean my audience is not this isn't a photography podcast right and it's not it's not to turn around and only speak to photographers so I really want to get to the heart and drive behind how you make these things happen for yourself to take us back to like maybe not it doesn't have to be like the early stages as, as a photographer but just kind yeah. of before you really made it or before you got to today yeah. yeah what were you afraid of or where did you ever feel challenged in your career yeah um man I'm not gonna say I don't have any fears in my life right but the, but to be really honest boys like it's it's hard for me to answer a question like that with a fear or something that was necessarily holding me back because of how I look at what fears are. And um, maybe it was just something taught to me at a very early age uh, and I just started practicing it over and over and over. Um, but I don't really see things as like a mountain or fears that sort of hold me back. I just, I, I, I honestly, really, I see them as just opportunities. You know, I, it drives me when I, when I'm thinking about doing something and I feel like, oh man, you know, like, you know, where's this going to go? Or like, it's never the horse, it's the jockey. And what that means is if you look at any industry in the world, there is someone who is successful at it. I mean, whether it's ballet, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a dancer, whether it's a YouTuber, whether it's a comedian, I mean, it just, anybody, any career that you could just totally discredit as like, you know, there's no way you'd make money that way. Like, I mean, just. Kevin Hart, for instance, right? Like, let's look at someone who has completely been like the iconic, came from a very, 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 you know, um, hard time struggling home. He talks about the story, you know, on Netflix and his, um, or about his life, the documentary, and you see where he is today. And, you know, of course, again, anyone could just say like, there's no money in being a comedian. Like, I mean, you're going to go to these little club, you know, nightclubs or ca cafes and you say a couple jokes, but I mean, come on, you're not here to be this like huge mobile and it's just, again, it's never the horse, it's the jockey, you know? I never, I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is self-awareness. And um, I love that, you know, one of the things that we talked about, kind of a question of like a quote that I live by, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll go its entire life thinking that it's stupid. Well, number one, why are you judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Any of us who know who animals are, fish were not designed to climb a tree, right? But what ends up happening is we do that to ourselves. We start judging ourselves based off things we weren't designed to do. Like, I truly believe that there are things that we're called to here on earth. And whether you wanna to get to, you know, get very spiritual about it or not, it doesn't matter. The reality is, is you need to become self-aware because 
if you're judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree, something it wasn't designed to do, it's going to struggle and it's going to think that it's a loser and it's going to think that it can't go forward and it can't move forward. And it's, it's going to see a bear climb a tree, a monkey climb a tree. And if that fish compares to those things, then it's going to go, man, why can't I do that? Right? Why can't I do that? But the reason is because that's not your lane. That's not what you're supposed to be. So if you judge a fish by something it's not supposed to do, of course it'll feel that's And that's the second part is it'll go its entire life feeling stupid. And that's that idea of people feeling held back or people having a challenge moving forward. Where I think, number one, it starts with just self-awareness, like knowing who you are. We have to start taking a moment to pause and not just react to, 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 react to everything, right? Start practicing responding rather than just reacting to everything. And when you do things in your life, just take a moment to really think about what's happening and how you responded to that situation or how you're going to respond to that situation. And you'll start to see trends in your life. Actually, maybe, maybe even a more practical thing is start asking your peers, what are you good at? It's so funny. Sometimes you'll have you know, people in your circle that you're like so good at this. You're so good at this. You're so good at this, right? But then the person who's so good at it, they don't even believe in themselves. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, stop. Yeah. I had no intention of becoming a photographer at all, but here I am. People know me as this photographer, you know, Uber Eats, Target. I've been in all over stores, you know, Netflix, Jamie Chung celebrities, traveled all over. I mean, all this craziness. And it's so funny. I tell people all the time, you know, friends of mine, really good friends of mine are, dude, I absolutely had no idea I'd be a photographer. It's crazy. And guess what they actually said? I actually figured you would be a photographer. I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me. What do you mean you figured out? And I would have friends tell me that I was the guy. I didn't even realize this, but apparently when we would be out somewhere and want to take photo, or, you know, you know, we're like, hey, let's take a photo or something like that. I would always like want to frame it the, the best way. Or like, you know, if I went to go edit, even, and this was like before like Lightroom and all these other editing apps, just like back in the day, right? I would like spend so much time making sure the edit looks like, you know, clean enough or whatever. You know, maybe I'm thinking I'm just a perfectionist or something, but apparently there's a little bit of, again, a design feature, you know, this aesthetic to me that's, you know, that, that, that facilitates my creative mind and the way I look at photos or art, you know, or just creativity. And there's these things in us, if we take the time to realize that place in our life that we feel totally fulfilled, a direction in our life that we can move towards, you'll realize that, man, I actually am designed for something. And that will open up so many cans for you to be able to explore and understand like what you can actually be good at. But self-awareness is so key. You know, social media and a lot of things that are you know out there is we are comparing ourselves and we're forgetting that, you know, the person next to you might be a fish, you know, they might be a bear, they might be a zebra, but who are you? You know, and you have to become self-aware. So when I look at like, how did I get to where I'm today or these transitions or, um, you know, what was like a fear and things like, I, I really didn't see these things as a fear. I always tell myself, if someone else can do it, why can't I? And I think it's just a, it's a conversation you have with yourself and people have to practice talking to themselves. I mean, you know, I'm sure you know people you can call right now that are great at encouraging others, but not themselves. They're great at posting motivational posts. You know, they're great at amazing captions and all these things, but they go home and they're in their room and they're having these self-negative, you know, conversations with themselves. Or they're telling themselves they can't do this or giving them, making excuses for themselves why they can't do this. And we have to start practicing being our big, our own biggest cheerleader and believing in ourselves. You know, I think Eric Thomas would say this is you don't need a co-signature on your dreams and your goals, right? There's no one who's going to co-sign on what it is that you can turn into fruition yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. And it starts with that. 
you know, that's just the reality is you'll find people who are going forward and moving forward because of how they think about themselves. And it's a reflection of how they live their lives. And it's not by mistake. I mean, Chloe, you doing this podcast. I mean, do you think you're doing this podcast? Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Like, what if no one listens? I don't, you know, I can't do this. And like, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're doing it. You might've had thoughts of maybe little thoughts of like, Oh, you know, I wonder, but, but you know, I always say dude, jump and build your wings on the way down. You know, I mean, you just took action. I mean, is it true that maybe one person would listen to this? Yeah. Is it true that maybe a hundred people would listen to this within like a week or two weeks or three weeks? Yeah. But you don't know. Right. So someone like you, Chloe, and what all of us should take from that is you don't know. So why, if, if you don't know what the end result is, why do you always believe in the negative? That's what's so funny for me is people like, well, if I get, if I start this and what if it doesn't work out, but what if it does? So it's 50, 50. So it could work out or, or, or may not work out. So why are you holding on to the fact that it won't work out? You didn't even give the other side the chance. So why not just go do it and just actually tell yourself it will work out. You know, don't say if, just say, I'm going to make it happen. Right. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and I'm going to grow from it. So whether it fails, who cares? It's not a failure. Again, I, I don't see it as fears. I don't see it as failures. They're all lessons. You know, that's the only way you learn from anything. I mean, you didn't, you weren't born out of, you know, you weren't born and just started walking. You know what I mean? You, you, you just kept falling and kept falling, but we forget that little, you know, infant and that, that kid in, in us. Because as we get older, we start absorbing all of the worlds. You can't do this. You can't do that. And all these fears. And you forget to be fearless and like a child. Hmm. Miles, I totally agree with you. And in terms of like this podcast, I think an epiphany or a lesson, like a key lesson that I've taken away through starting this project and through speaking with people like you, um, an underlying theme or lesson that I've learned is this aspect of like, you have to start and let it be shitty. <laughs> and as you go, you turn around and you have built the thing that you didn't know how to do and you've learned how to do the thing you wanna do by paying attention to owning, honoring and executing on that innate curiosity, that deep voice inside of you, that childlike voice inside of you that's like, I don't even know what's going to happen with this. Do I have aspirations and goals to go be? Sure, but like, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the journey that I might walk through to get there. Right. And like I was thinking about writers and newscasters. We've been watching like so much news these days and stuff. Like what they all have in common is they had to put themselves out there. And for writers, like you can start a book and you will not know all the words that you're going to write when you start that book. It's impossible. It's impossible to plan every word of a book before you write it, right? So you have to start and maybe you have an outline, maybe you have a vision, but you have to keep going. You have to keep writing and then you scrap it and you start over and you learn and you get better and then you write another one. I just, that, the aspect of the creative process and like wrapping your head around faith in who you are and how you can take your creative ideas is so powerful to me. And I, I just, I really wanted to talk with you about this, like for the 22 year olds listening, right? Like maybe looking up to, to really successful people and maybe they do think like, Oh, that'd be, that'd be cool to do that one day. Um, you know, looking up to you thinking like, oh, I want, I, I, I'd love to do that one day. 
but not being able to like wrap their head around the fact that they actually can like that you actually can walk towards these aspirations or goals that you want to I'd love to get your take like what do you think sets successful people apart at age 22 that like gets them to these paths and to these levels that that people like yourself are starting are starting to reach and and feel so confident within yourself about yeah, you know, I love this question because I probably would have answered this differently, honestly, even just two to three, four or five years ago. Um, but I think the older that I get, I'm 27 now, I'm not old, right? Obviously, I'm still millennial, but um, I think I've definitely added a lot of years just because of my experience and, and the actions that I've, ta- I've taken. So it, it allowed me to surround myself around people that were a lot older. So I've been able to um, receive some of that kind of wisdom and some of the stuff other people have heard themselves or, you know, maybe they haven't. But people like even Gary Vanderchuk. I really, really love how Gary takes a, a completely different um, spin on what it means to be like a 23, 24, 25 year old. And you'll notice he's, he, you know, he could have very easily became another voice that's like, grind, grind, grind. You know, you can die, you can sleep when you die. You know, m- you know, multiple streams of income. You should be making 30,000 a month, start an e commerce business, you know, be a speaker, do coaching, you know, do a pot. I mean, it's just like there's so much stuff you know where there's pressure of doing all these things and i love 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 that gary really talks about do you even realize where you are right now let's just say you know you're someone who's 20 years old okay like 20 years old and you literally double that if you're 20 years old right now you think of your entire life you lived 20 years and you double that you're still at you're like at 40 which is if people don't realize and you go talk to someone who's in their 35s or 40s, a lot of people are, you know, especially in our parents' generation have just recently started buying a house around their, you know, early 30s and 35 and, you know, they have a family, you know, kid around 35, 36 and they're 40. Like there's so much, I mean, a lot of people are getting their life started in a lot of ways, you know, like you're in, you know, med school for another 15, you know, 10, 12 years or whatever. And they're again in their mid thirties. And then they finally, you know, are really getting traction in their career and they're starting their life and things are really kicking off and things are happening. And they're the early four. Like, I think we overestimate, we overestimate what can, what, what can be done in, 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 in a little bit of time. And we underestimate what can be done over a longer period of time. There is so much that can be done. Um, and I think for a 21 year old or a 22 year old, I think what their goal right now should be is to break it up take a moment i think a lot of people are underestimating the value of just taking one step we're blessed to see all these people that are succeeding and that are at levels in their careers you go on instagram and you scroll once and you see gary on a stage and you know you know hundreds of people in a crowd or you see rachel hollis and your books all over you know all these things but we're looking at someone else's chapter 15 or chapter 13 there are opportunities that we can take right now, but we're missing them because we're so focused on tomorrow. And I think it's, it's honestly scripture. You know, Jesus talks about yesterday is already gone. Tomorrow's not even here yet. There's enough worry for today. Focus on today. All you can do, you can't do anything. All you can do is today, right now. What are you doing? And a lot of people underestimate, like I said, like what you can do by the steps. Like, you know, the question you're asking, like someone at 22, like what can they, you know, what they can do is understand and practice good habits and true commitment. Surrounding yourself with the right people 
and I, and I, and I actually hate to say the right people because it's almost like, okay, well, who's right? Really just surrounding yourself by people who are going to encourage you, but not just encourage you. They're going to challenge you, right? So there's a difference between someone says, how are you? And there's a difference between this, this, the, the same, the, another person who says, how are you twice, right? There's a lot of people out there, obviously, you know, that can be encouraging and affirming. But when you have people in your life that are going to really challenge you and push you, and encourage, it's almost scary to kind of want to be around them. Like if people spend enough time around me, I mean, they're gonna, I mean, whether they like it or not, they're probably going to believe themselves too much. I mean, they're probably start doing some great because you get around the right people and that's, it's, it's like osmosis. So you got to start doing that. But the challenge is we love comfort, right? It's just easier to have someone who's going to comfort you and you kind of do all the same things. You're having fun time. It, just time's passing by and then having just good values and good morals and being self-aware, knowing who you are. And for me, that my faith is in Christ. So that totally shapes who I am and how I go about things. Be self-aware because there is a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of people telling you who you should be, but there's not a lot of people really encouraging you like where you are and where you can go from who you are right now and where you will go. It's just, here's something that's really important. Everything's about mindset. And everything's about what you practice every day because practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent, right? Because you can practice the wrong thing and that just becomes permanent, right? It doesn't mean you're going to be a, a perfect golfer just because you're practicing, you know, 30 hours a day, right? You know, it's just going to mean whatever swing you have that's horrible, you're going to just, you know, make that more permanent. So it's about practicing the right thing, right? So practice makes permanent. So what should you practice? Well, the very first thing I do when I open my eyes is I put myself in the attitude and in the experience of doing something I don't want to do, which is going to the gym. <laughs> I wake up, you don't need to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. Now, if you do do that, you know, obviously you want to consult with whoever and understand like the health aspects of maybe when you're going to bed and what you're eating and all that stuff will obviously affect you. But the goal is I wake up at a time I don't need to wake up, 5.30 or 6, sometimes even 6.30. But the first thing that I do is take my butt to the gym. Now, why would I do that? Oh, well, you're a guy and you like to work out and you're just, no, 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 no. I hate doing that. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I love the results. That's the distinction. But the process is still hard for me because I have to leave my comfort bed. I have to leave my wife that I would love to just cuddle with until the evening. I'd have to leave my home and I have to put on these clothes, get in my car. It's super, you know, especially now it's like cold and right here in Greenville. And I'm like in my car, and I'm driving to a place where I'm going to destroy myself. I'm going to be in pain and I'm going to work out and push myself to get weight, all this stuff. But what it's doing to my brain is the first thing I do when I wake up is something I don't want to do. So what do you think the rest of the day is going to look like? The reason people are not doing what it is that they want to do, it's not that they don't want to do it. They, don't, they, they definitely want to do it. It's just they're not doing the things that they know they should be doing because it's hard. It's hard to do those things. But the goal is to practice and challenge yourself to do what's hard and do what's necessary. And you'll start to find out something really unique that the Lord built in all of us. It doesn't matter. Whatever you put your mind to, you can make it happen. It doesn't matter if you're looking at Oprah, Michael Jordan, all these people. If, you, if people really read their stories, they would realize they weren't the Oprah that they see today. There was a reason what propelled them into wherever they're going. When people are in a life and death situation, they usually choose life. <laughs> the goal is to understand that these small steps will multiply, right? Darren Hardy, the compound effect, these things will multiply and compound over time, but you're not going to wake up and get a six pack, right? You got to start doing the things you don't want to do 
So getting up early, you know, whether it's going to the gym, you know, whether it's whatever the case that it may be, you know, just start with those things and everything else will start. Like I said, the rest of the day, I mean, you'll be like, of course I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to do that. Dude, the very first thing I ever did when I woke up was something I didn't want to do and it was hard. And so the rest of the day is easy, you know, but when you don't do that, you're like, ah, I'll, I'll get to that later. Oh, I'll do that later. Oh, you know, it just, again, it, it, you know, it multiplies whether it's good or bad. So, yeah, I really, really like that advice. And I've, I've guess I've, I think I've internalized that without ever articulating it out loud, this aspect of, of working out in the morning. And I think people say like, oh, it's because I, you know, I, I get it over with or whatever. But to actually think about, instead of thinking about it as like, oh, I want to go work out in the morning, you know, as part of my diet or like, because I want to look good or having one of those very fleeting surface level, like not very, I mean, motivating maybe for a moment, but not like over time kind of reasons to think about it as this very, very intentional discipline for yourself, yes. which sets your mind and body up for the rest of the rest of your day. And as yeah. we said, all you ever have is today and all you need to worry about is today. If you can cross that off, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, there you go. Oh yeah. I really Absolutely. like that. I'm going to ask you one more question, if that's cool, and then, and then we'll wrap things up. I, um, I'm inspired by you because you have built this career as a photographer, as a creative, as we've talked about, and you're pivoting, you're changing, you're switching things up. <laughs> and without digging like, too much into, in, into the business specifically, I would love for you to speak to this, this mindset shift. It's so hard for me to wrap around like, wrap my head around taking a 180, even if it's yeah. not a complete 180, but like oh, what okay. runs through your head? How has your day changed? What would you tell somebody who's maybe afraid that whatever they choose right now is all there ever is? And they, get, they, don't, they don't believe that a pivot could ever be possible. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I definitely will start with the end part of that of like, you know, pivoting is not only possible, it's necessary. And it's the only thing that is constant, which is change. And you have to be willing to accept that wherever you are in 2005, you might have very, very different interests, very, very different situations, you know, very, very different people in your life, whatever the case may be in 2006, you know, 2015, 2020. So if you're doing the same thing and you're only wanting to do the same thing, you're going to have a hard time adapting. Um, now you definitely don't want to just be like every shiny object that comes up, you're pivoting, doing this, doing that. And I wrote this in my book and it's a, it's, it's what I call, it's very important for us to also practice having an eagle mindset and not a butterfly mindset. If you think about what the purpose of wings are for, it's to cover distance. So if you look at an eagle, they cover so much distance in such a short amount of time because their trajectory, if you look at an eagle and this trajectory is legitimately like moving forward moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Now they might go to the left a little bit, pivot, you know, they might go to the right and kind of bit, but they move forward. And when you look at a butterfly's trajectory, it's like, it's, it's actually exerting more energy than an eagle. Have you ever seen an eagle and its wings are just kind of straight out and then maybe it flaps. It's like, you know, wings twice and it just kind of soars and maybe it does it one time and it soars. You look at a butterfly, it's like, you know, the wings are just going up and down, up and down. And then you look at its flight trajectory and it's like by your elbow and you're like, what the heck? And it's like by your ear and then down by your leg. I mean, it's like all over the place, right? So the goal is not to necessarily focus on like, I need to do everything that's out there. Cause that's not, a, that's not really a, you know, a wise thing to do either. 
Um, but you gotta be open to pivoting. It's funny because I've maybe only said this twice now. Well, three times. The first time was to my wife, maybe like a couple of weeks ago. And then the second time was the first time, quote unquote, publicly on Instagram, a live that I was doing. So really your audience is like, if anyone knows you, it's like, I haven't really made this so super, super public, but I mean, I've been doing photography, you know, full time for, you know, four, four and a half years now. I have an amazing career, but I actually am, um, I am no longer taking weddings. Um, and I haven't been for, you know, almost a month now because I'm full-time into real estate and not as an agent, but on the investor side, I've always wanted to get into real estate, you know, but my wife and I moved here to Greenville. And the reality is, is a lot of my network was in Atlanta, but I'm here in Greenville and I'm just kind of thinking, man, we're starting this family. We have this life here. I'm really kind of like there. I can't really do, I just know I won't be doing photography forever. And at the end of the day, I want to be able to spend all the time that I want to spend with my family and my kids. And I also want to grow wealth. You know, I don't want to only create earned income. I'm not going to go into all those details, but if people are wanting to understand a little bit more of what I'm saying, there's a book called The Four Quadrants. Robert Kiyosaki talks about this. The, 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 the second to last quadrant is self-employed, which is kind of where I was. And it's great because you can make your own money and you can set your own time and that whole deal. But the goal is you want to get into the investment side where your money's working for you and you're building wealth and you're not always having to go out and, you know, earn, earn money. So about four months ago, I was learning about all these different strategies to be able to do that, to be able to acquire properties, to be able to buy, you know, as an investor. And I studied for a month straight, right? You know, all of January, I'm just going crazy, crazy studying all these different methods, you know, wholesaling, you know, uh, creative financing, you know, lease options, wraps, just all types of stuff, right? Again, you don't want to be a professional student. So come February, I really start taking massive action. Um, I, I ended up basically making what I would have made in a year in that month. You know, I completely told my wife and I, I just said, honey, I mean, this is, this is, I've always wanted to be in real estate. It's everything I love. Um, I love working with people. You know, I love being able to just work from home um, completely and um, just be on my own time and also build wealth. And uh, it was just, a, it's just an awesome experience. That month go towards the end of February was also the same month really that COVID really took off, right? So COVID happened. And that was another reason why I pivoted as well. Again, it's being open to, uh, you know, I mean, Chloe, I mean, I have a baby on the way. Like I have a daughter about to be born any day now and my wife's not working, you know, I, like I'm, I was originally a photographer, but you know, of course, as you can imagine, bookings are being canceled, rescheduled, you know, people aren't traveling all of my, tra everything is just stopped. You know, and I mean, I, I, you know, I have to, you know, we have a house here, you know, we have tons of bills, you know, we have bills, I have a baby coming, you know, expense, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, how's this going to work? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have like a job, quote unquote, where, you know, I can just, you know, file for unemployment and just show that I have job history and got laid off or fired or something and get money from the government. You know, I'm, I was a part of that interesting group where you really couldn't actually get a lot of this funding. Um, or if you, they're really interesting ways that you could. Um, but it wasn't as traditional as most people. So I just worked my tail off, you know, everything's shutting down. And I said, you know, I'm not going to be a product um, of my environment. I am going to actually create the environment for myself. And I went full throttle with what I was learning. And that's what I do full, full time now. And it's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, I can't tell you just how thankful I am and grateful I am. Um, and just, you know, there's no cosigners, you know, and your dreams and goals, you got to believe in yourself. No one's going to believe in you more than you will well sometimes people do and that's a bad thing you want to be believing in yourself you know um you can't just you know rely on other people believing you gotta believe in yourself um and you just gotta take small steps you don't need to see the whole staircase just take small steps you know so 
Amazing. Oh my gosh. Miles, thank you so much. This is, I, my mind is blown. My mind is racing. I'm, I'm so inspired by you and I'm so excited to see this soar. Like just having, having all of these philosophies in your back pocket. Um, I mean, who's to say where things are going to grow. So I really appreciate you, you, you sharing all of that and being so vulnerable and I can't wait to see like what the impact of, of our conversation, um, is. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. No, thank you. Um, but there was a great question, um, that, you know, we were talking about that you, we were thinking about maybe even talking about, um, which was like, you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone in a relationship? Go for it. Go I actually wanted to share something quickly about that because it's a big part of my life right now because I, my wife and I just, you know, celebrated our one year anniversary. Um, we come from two totally different backgrounds. Um, we're in an interracial relationship. We both have created, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff you know, that goes into like, you know, being married and being young and all these different things. One thing I would, someone was going to ask, you know, like what's something that you would share as advice in terms of relationships and things like that. Um, you know, if you're listening to right, if you're listening right now and you're in a relationship, um, you know, whether it's married, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case may be, is I think it's super valuable and important to practice a proactive and preventative relationship rather than a reactive relationship. And what I mean by that is I did an Instagram live um, with someone uh, the other day. And one of the questions they asked is, Miles, I know that your wife, you and your wife went to marriage counseling before you guys got married. You guys were like in counseling before you got married. Like, what was that about, right? And I started explaining to them, if you think about it, most of us, a lot of times live our life in a very reactionary way. And it's really not the healthiest way to live. Because if you think about it, it's like a hospital right? A lot of times hospitals, they're reacting to catastrophe. I mean, you see the ambulance coming and they're, you know, rushing into the hospital. Someone's bleeding out of their leg and there's all this chaos. They bring them in, bring them in, all this work. And the goal for us is not to wait until we need to go to the hospital to get help. So going to marriage counseling is one of the best things that you can do before you get married <laughs> because you're not in counseling because you're weak. The goal is not for you to have a catastrophe, have a disaster in your marriage, and then go get marriage counseling, right? People think they have a wrong perspective. They're like, oh, they're in marriage counseling. They probably have some issues. They're like, you know, something's going on. Well, first of all, number one, every, all of us have issues, <laughs> you know, that we're working on and dealing with. But number two is it's not wise to wait until you need it. So what you want to do is you want to be preventative. So I kind of gave, okay, what's a practical way of doing that? I kind of gave an example of how my wife and I, um, you actually or, and it, you, you actually experienced some of that, right? Um, my wife and I, when we talk to people of the opposite sex, um, doesn't matter whether it's you know, you know text messaging, whatever the case may be, um, we include each other. So me as a guy, if I'm talking to you, Chloe girl, you know, you're gonna text me like you did, and then I'm gonna retext you with a group message and say, hey, my wife and I are in this message together. And someone might look at that and say, like, oh gosh, you know, she must not trust him. You know, why does he have to do that? And again, it's just the wrong perspective. We've never had any infidelity in our relationship. I mean, we're celebrating one year. It's not like we're dealing with like, oh my gosh, you know, one of us cheating, all this stuff. What we're doing is we're preventing it from even ever happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so much more important because a lot of times we get involved in relationships for the wrong reasons, the exterior, what it looks like, what it feels like. And we forget that the work, the work doesn't start when there's a problem, Right. You want to actually be intentional and put in that work and have a preventative relationship. So start talking and having communication and conversations about things, opening up, you know, maybe what triggers you have, how your past was, how you guys communicate, when you feel something, 
you know, really start learning how to protect your marriage, right? How to do things that whether it looks weird to the world or not, it doesn't matter. You, I mean, if you care about what you care about, you're going to do what's necessary. Um, you know, so anyway, I thought, I just wanted to, I just felt led to share, you know, for anyone who's listening right now, maybe they're battling and dealing with certain things in a relationship, um, <laughs> the word pivot, maybe pivot, talk with your, you know, partner and, and really talk about how can we protect our marriage, you know, or how can we protect our relationship? What can we do, you know, that may look weird to the world, but we just want to make sure we don't have to wait until we have to go to the hospital, right? Preventative health. So, you know, so you don't need it. But anyway, I just thought that was... I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when you put me in the group text, I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I didn't even think <laughs> twice. I was like, thank you. Like, my gosh, it makes so much sense. I am so inspired by it. I instantly shared it with my boyfriend. I was like, look how awesome this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's, I really admire that. I really respect it. And I, I hope that, that someone listening can, can learn from, from that piece of advice. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. This has been absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I'm just always excited to share just kind of, you know, where I'm at in my life and hopefully it helps and encourages, you know, as a light to someone. And honestly, I really love what you're doing. I mean, I think it's very easy to overlook how, how, how courageous you have to be to do something like this, you know, to take time out of your day. It's not like people are paying you a check to do this. Um, you know, and, uh, everyone can benefit from it and learn from it and take from it and grow and all these things you're putting in work right now. That's, I mean, you're just, I mean, you're doing this out of your heart. So that's really amazing. And uh, I think we all can say, you know, um, all of us listening, you know, we really appreciate you for this. Thanks Miles. That, that really means a lot. Gosh, was that not, oh my gosh, Miles, I cannot, I'm like on fire. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Wow. I, I really look up to you. I'm really inspired by you. I'm so excited to see how this conversation lands with our listeners. Um, for those of you listening, if you enjoyed this conversation, let us know. Tag Passages Pod on Instagram. Tag Miles. He's all over social media, as you probably know. Um so excited to see what you think um hear how this impacted you send me a dm like what was your favorite part what did you learn um how did this come what are you going to take away from this conversation i i would love to know um we're we're getting a few weeks into this podcast now so if you've lasted to the end of today's episode you are officially declared a loyal fan (laughs) um a loyal listener i am so appreciative that you're here um I hope you're hanging in there. Uh, This world is crazy, but this project has really allowed me to deepen relationships with people all over the country. Um, Just some of my best friends that I've known my entire life, um, people that I've just met last week. It's it's crazy to see how this thing is growing. So really appreciate you being here. Um, Make sure you're subscribed and I'll catch you on the other side.